Welcome to the Cannabis Supply Chain Podcast. My name is Patrick Aylward. We're hosted by Yacht Solutions, and we're here to engage with our community to understand multiple perspectives in order to make impactful changes through conversation. We appreciate you listening in and tuning. If you'd like to follow and subscribe the podcast, check out Yacht Solutions' webpage and whoever we're interviewing for today's episode. We would really appreciate that, and we thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Cannabis Supply Chain Podcast. My name is Patrick Aylward, and today we are hosting my guy, Paul Vandergift, somebody I met while out in Las Vegas for MJ BizCon. He is in the SAA, wait, two S, two A's, two A's, two S's. Software as a service. Yeah, it's two A's. Yeah, yeah. He comes from that background, but he is currently at uh, Happy Cabbage, which is a analytics service for the cannabis space. Um, if you could introduce yourself a little bit better than I did, Paul, I'd appreciate it. I <laughs> know you did a good job. Yeah, I'm Paul Vandergrift. Um, I, I've been in software startups for like the better part of a decade now, um, which is crazy to hear out loud. I used to just be some 22-year-old dude, you know, reading a bunch of books on business and talking shit. Now I'm here still talking shit reading less probably uh, <laughs> but um now um, i work for a company called happy cabbage analytics where we are doing our best to equip uh you know cannabis retailers with a slingshot that david used to crack the goliaths out here you know uh msos you know folks like the Cure Leafs and other folks, maybe I shouldn't say Cure Leafs since they've got the Russian backing, they might come and get me, but um, yeah. I don't know if anybody's listening to this that's at Cure Leaf, but. Hey bro, you never know. Mm-mm. You never Mm-mm. know and you never nope. know when people might come back. Did you might do something that goes viral and then like everyone's like, well, let me listen to the rest of it. You know what I mean? You know, yeah, some people, yeah. they get hip to an artist four albums in. And then they go back and listen to the ones from the very beginning. So never, never say that, bro. But uh, yeah, no, it never ends. You're right. I actually just found out uh, the female inspiration for Jimi Hendrix this morning. And I was like, I'm ready to dive deep into those albums. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so um, for those people who are listening and you work at Leaf, I know you got to live, you got to eat. Shout out to you. Just make sure, you know, when you're in those big board meetings and you're lobbying to the government for, uh you know, new states to open up. Think about that you're a little person just like the rest of us. All of us are little people as individuals. So just do things that are fair and just. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So what's it like um like working for an analytics company in the cannabis space? I have yet to interview anybody or like, I mean, I've spoken with people in person, but we haven't got anything on the podcast yet. So yeah, tell listeners about kind of like what it takes to be in your space. Man, what is it like? I think the first thing is um it's almost I I I liken it to when like back in the industrial revolution and there are a lot of people or maybe even like the dark ages. I can go further back, like the dark ages where you know people are like, yo, you have a cold? Let's bloodlet. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like before they knew about germs, before they knew about science. And you come with the science and they think that you're actually the witchcraft, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's very much what it's like to be in data and analytics in cannabis, because um, I think 85 percent of the time 
if I'm asking someone why they make decisions on what products to put on the shelf, what marketing to do, it's like, well, you know, I smoked it. I felt good. And I decided that's what we're going to do. And I'm like, okay, I mean, that's a good start, but there are some other things you can do to look at the data of your customers and the people around you to provide them with a better service, not just going like, oh, my gut says do this. You always want to keep the gut, but you you want to like add in a little bit of you know data and reality to help make really good decisions for everyone so that's what it's like man most people are just like oh i don't need you i don't want you because i smoke it i decide it's good so it's gonna go on the shelf but like nobody in on your block likes you know packwoods or indica just because you do doesn't mean they will you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. So, for sure for sure um, that that's what it's like so far so it's still a good time to get in because not everyone is clamoring for it just yet all right. I, I got something out of like curiosity from those statements. Like, do you feel that that attitude is reflected of adult use markets or is that across the board? Because I know that you kind of travel quite a bit. I mean, we met in Vegas. I know most yeah. recently you were in Oklahoma and Massachusetts. I was thinking that it would change as you go to medical. And and I'm sure people will hear this and be like, no, we we look at the terpenes and we look at this and this and this. And that's cool. You know what I mean? But as a whole, it's a lot of gut decisions. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of, oh, my people work here. I know these people at this farm. Um, you know, we've rented out this much shelf space to this brand and that brand. It just is what it is. And, you know, unfortunately for some of the smaller mom and pops, you really have to have a perfect record with your gut to keep up with companies that are built to just lose money until you can't, you know what I mean? So um, unfortunately that's the lay of the land as of right now, but we're doing our best to educate and also prove to people that if you do use data the right way, uh, and if, you're, if your data and your analytics are pointed at the right aspects of your business, you can actually win long term. Um, you know, I, I like to say this too, which is like, if your customers are coming and buying from you, that's the most positive review you can get. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? So um, that's the goal for us at Happy Cabbage Analytics. You know, it's to actually get your customers in the store and ordering. You know, that's it, it's it's, it's a, crazy when I hear it out loud. It's that simple, but people. No, no. I mean, it It doesn't like it does sound simple out loud, but then I understand where you're like a little bit perplexed and like people understanding the complexity of what you do, because like for me, when I research packaging companies, obviously they're, you know, no offense to the brands out there, but they're a dime a dozen. And it's pretty obvious that the majority of them are purchasing from overseas, whether they're going to China or they're in India, you know, it doesn't really matter. You can kind of see where and how things work. So for me to just have like jumped into it and said, you know, like I found these great packages and that's enough. Uh, it isn't enough. I'm, I'm at it for over a year and a half now and something like SAAS or SEO and like all of the things that come along with that, dude, they're really confusing to me. And anytime I have some, someone just like try to sell it to me without me having searched out the knowledge first or met somebody like you in passing in like a social setting. 
it's kind of hard to take that information in and understand like how to interact with it as a business owner, because I feel like I'm constantly being inundated with people trying to sell me things. So finding, you know, like what data is right for me and what search engines are correct for what I'm looking for. I know as a packaging business is really difficult. So for uh, cannabis cultivation or dispensary, that's got to be really hard too. not to say that it shouldn't be uh, like more well received because I mean, you were like one of the nicest people that I've met in this space. And <laughs> the people, the people who like have worked with you all, you know, comment that you are a real great uh, like team player and you're a real motivational person to be around. So I, I feel like uh, you should be able to get in the door a little bit easier, but I, I kind of do understand where I'm just like, I'm not a religious person, but sometimes, you know, like stuff from the internet comes to me and I'm just like, get the cross out, burn it. Like, I don't yeah, know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, that's so, so real, man. Yeah, that's you a know, really I, good point at the beginning. One thing I think about, um, you know, like, yeah, getting in the door because I, I have a maybe like a kind personality and I, I, I'm a smiley type of person, you know, I think maybe in the 70s and 80s that was like what you really needed because there's no other way to like um have a personality outside of like meeting you right then and there right mm -hmm. um but i think when it comes to like sales especially today you're right like you're gonna go and it's the information age like you're gonna go and look up everything that you want before you go I, I mean i just went to go buy some stuff for my office here at best buy and i didn't go to best buy and ask anybody anything i had started doing my own research and then going into a place you know making decisions and really only ask questions if in that moment i couldn't like figure it out or i need you to point me in a certain direction and I think that's okay. I mean, like a lot of other things that I participate in that I buy, I might end up on a Discord server first, I might end up in a Reddit thread, right? I might end up on a Twitter thread first or a group just to be a part of the community that maybe has the same goal, right? Um, and it's interesting, like you would never go to a doctor's office and the doctor before you say anything is like, well, I've got these drugs. Okay. This is what we got going. Um, and you're like, dude, I don't need any headache medicine. My foot hurts. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, yeah, sure. So, I mean, for you and me both, a great reminder is like, no one really cares what you're talking about, like at all. No one cares. Mm -hmm. And no one even cares if you're nice either. Like you could be respectful, but you don't even have to be like super sweet. What they care about is the problems that they have, the goals that they have, and like who is gonna be the most effective at helping them achieve those things. So um, my team, I think, you know, they kind of get annoyed at me about this, but I, I don't care. It's like, I'll get on a call with someone and I'm like, why are you here? <laughs> like I pretend I'm in the doctor's office, why are you here? Okay, you said your your foot hurts. Uh, you said you want to get more customers in. Okay, why do you need to get more customers in? What have you been doing to get customers in? How long have you been doing that? I mean, I'm going to ask you 50 questions because you need to hear yourself say what your goals are, what your problems are, why you made certain decisions, why you didn't make certain decisions, why you like this provider, why you don't like this provider. Before I start preaching to you, 
Because if I just start preaching, I'm now an advertisement. I'm not like the doctor that's here to help you. You know what I mean? So that's something I've really been working on hard. That's really uh, great that you bring that up. Because I've I've been reading a book that is called uh, Emotional Intelligence of Sales Success. And I think... I think the last chapter that I was listening to like yesterday when I was driving around was talking about that, um, where it's like, I don't know, some people might take it as um, like dry or maybe a bit aggressive to show up and ask questions like that. But in reality, what you might be trying to do is just show the people who you're at the meeting with that you care about their their issues, their dispensary, their products, because you're asking, you know, something that's not just surface. And then beyond that, um, as well, is very inquisitive of you to come to the conversation like that. Because if you have a group of five people on one team, I mean, there's almost always some person who is on their phone, in the notebook, doodling or something like that. So to, you know, be respectful of the rest of the team and the rest of the group to just go, hey, why are you here? What do you want out of this meeting? I don't know. I'm, I don't know how to like tie it all in, but I'm learning that that is, you know, a big part of showing people that, you know, you're here at the table to, to really do something rather than just, here's what we have. Do you want it? Yeah, for sure. Sorry to interrupt, by the way. No, no, that was a good point. And um, I'll message you another book that I've been reading a couple books um, about, um, uh, you know, emotional psychology and, you know, today, anyone can go and look up the information you almost should assume that everyone knows everything Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so then you can't preach all you can do is just ask and find out about them because at the end of the day too and you know you having your own independent business um i think this is something that helps right my personal life i have my own you know independent stuff right but it's like sometimes you have to disconnect from the outcome Mm-hmm. And so if you can come into a meeting and you can say, I have to ask these questions because if they're not a good fit, then I need to leave. Right. Like if you go yes, in with yes. the idea that you're just going to preach, you think that every single person you talk to should buy and that is going to drive you insane when they don't. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so I'm like coming in, I'm almost doing my best to figure out like, I hope at the end, like a doctor, I hope at the end, I don't have to give you any medicine. And I hope that we don't have to do anything. And I can tell you just to go home. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that translates to people. People feel like, oh, he's not just trying to shove something down my throat. And then, you Mm -hmm. know, it doesn't get used uh, after the fact, which is a big thing in software. Like people buy stuff and they never they don't use it. You know what I mean? Oh, gosh, I can't even tell you. You know, what's funny, uh, like to that point is I work at a dispensary that will leave unnamed and we we have quite a few um like analytics tools and i'm pretty sure that some of them have been developed in-house and some of them are purchased out as a separate service and i had reached out to a third party service company about data and i was talking to this individual and we both had realized that you know for a packaging company like me it was kind of senseless because they were more focused in inventory inside the dispensaries well we keep talking and he finds out what dispenser I'm at in Ohio. And he's telling, he's telling me over the phone, he's going, yeah, that thing that you have to do at the end of the night, I have a program that can do that for you and your 12 employees that you have to spend an hour doing that each evening. And then I would describe another, you know, um, 
like piece of laborious work that the business would make us do that he's going i am i have the software at your dispensary right now and you don't have to do that work it was just uh really eye-opening to me that there are so many of those services that could be utilized that like you just said, maybe they purchased it and there's just somebody at the office who doesn't think that, you know, that dispensary location needs that service. I'm not really sure what it is, um, yeah. but like kind of moving from that, what do you think is important in regards to service um, for the cannabis industry's future? What do you mean service? Just like data or like just in um, from your position at Happy Cabbage and like what you what you perceive and what you view, you know, like is oh, yeah. it like operators understanding that data analytics are, are more helpful rather than like should be viewed as witchcraft do you think that's the most important thing to our future or kind of you know whatever you'd like to speak on yeah man um let me pull out this giant books of things that need to change in the industry right <laughs> it's like so many things um dude it's not i almost feel this is this is two part right like yeah go ahead it, it is a bit viewed as witchcraft like to do business the way that i don't want people to do business the way that the chads right you remember the whole thing chads mm -hmm. you don't have to do business like them but the chads have some good freaking tools right like you don't have to use it the same way but you should be using these things like i i call people i'm like so what are your weekly meetings look like and they're like oh, we don't really do weekly meetings Bro, that, that's a lot of companies. I'm not yeah, even kidding. That's surprising. You know I mean, it's like, okay. I'm like, you know, what key performance indicators do you all like to look at? Eh, maybe just sales. I'm like, huh. My man, you're probably going to lose. You mm -hmm, know what I mean? Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. I'll just keep it hot with you. Um, you know, a lot of cannabis retailers, you call anybody. I say, why are you guys better than someone else? Well, we've got the best products. We've got the best customer service. Everybody knows us. We've got the best prices. I'm like, yo, the last 10 dispensaries said the same thing. And by the way, so did Papa John's, uh, Little Caesars, and all mm -hmm. the pizza companies. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, absolutely. 100%. You know, that's not a differentiator. Everyone says those things, right? So it's like, you got to keep it real with yourself and if everyone else is going to be averse to really digging deep, looking at how to improve their business, right? You, you should just, you should do it. You should just, you should just try some new things. It's if you came from off the street and now you're running a business where you've got taxes, you've got more margins to pay attention to a higher influx of customers. You kind of need to elevate like, it's it's not the same thing and it's okay to elevate like it's almost as if we're back in the high school days where there were kids who were like well I was one of those kids who's like I don't want to study mm -hmm. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know I don't want to be a nerd or whatever it's like bro it's not even about that it's about like if you want your business to survive and thrive right you may need to get uncomfortable and do some new things you may need to learn excel even though you never had to use excel hocking out eights out of your crib hocking yeah. out peas out of your crib you didn't need excel but that's okay it's levels to this and that's fine right um i guess the other thing i'll say too is 
quit looking at every other dispensary and what they're doing. And this is why I say this. Every dispensary has a very specific group of customers. But for whatever reason, dispensaries will have the same freaking menu as the dispensary two miles down or a block down or 10 feet down if you're in Oklahoma because there's so many dispensaries. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. And it's like the grocery store that I go to that's a mile away, if I go four miles down, it's got a completely different lineup. It's got different things on sale because the community that they serve is different, especially in high density areas. And there are a lot of analytics tools that are like, look at what your competition is doing. Look at what everyone else in the United States is doing. It's like, that's not your customer. Mm -hmm. You need tools that are going to help you look at your specific fingerprint, your specific group of customers, because we've even seen folks that use our product that are maybe within a few miles from each other. Our analytics will tell company A, hey, your customers like, uh, you know, Stizzy and Stizzy pre-rolls and three miles away, the uh, company B, they like Jeter. And they like these other things. If you would have looked at something like a headset or some of these other tools, you're just looking at the the mean of like every single dispensary out there and you end up becoming average, right? Like you have the average menu, the average discounts. And now if everyone is the same in your community, the only thing as a consumer I can do is, is try to shop on price. Hell, those are facts for where I live. You know, you don't want the win to be the price. Unless that's your business model and you are, you know, your farm is right behind the dispensary and your processing mm -hmm. is right behind the dispensary. So your margins are ridiculous. That's cool, right? There are businesses that are going to kill with that. But most of the time that it just races that that has you racing to that zero price point if you as a dispensary think your customers love you because of a loyalty program or discounts they don't love you bro <laughs> they don't love your service and they don't love your products and the math actually shows that too right so it is you know look whether it's happy cabbage or something else or you just use an excel look at what your customers like Mm -hmm. Make decisions mm -hmm. off of them, not what folks down the street like and on and on and on. Survey your customers. Do a questionnaire for your customers. Have objective conversations in the store. If I'm your butt tender and I'm giving you a product suggestion, make sure it's not just because all I do is eat edibles, right? Mm -hmm. Like everyone is different and your customers are going to be different from you. I had someone tell me like, bro, I hate Packwoods, but when I started looking at the the data, my customers love it. So I'm going to buy it. And I'm like, man, can you go tell everybody else in mm -hmm. cannabis that too? Mm -hmm. You know, it's so, really, yeah, I'm off of my hot horse. <laughs> no, no, it's it's just like you, you drive home a lot of really great points. And it's interesting to hear your perspective because, I mean, obviously we got to know each other a little bit a few months back, but like what you're saying is so true to our limited license uh, medical market here in Ohio. And then even the point you're making from like a, like a small business owner standpoint, like when I conceptualized what I wanted to do and I thought to myself, what would I, what packaging would I purchase? And then I went out and I found that packaging. 
like I was the same as everyone else. So I had to go back to the drawing board and go, okay, well, everyone's got packaging. Let me, you know, figure out a different way to, to distinguish myself and differentiate myself. And I have chosen to focus on communication and I will continue to focus on communication. Um, I, I get good reviews and I, I get good feedback from the people that I work with. So I hope that that's the right way, but is for sure true that differentiating yourself outside of product and outside of prices is, is definitely what I've had to do and what I also see in my medical cannabis market. And even when I go to Michigan, I mean, when I drive to Michigan for um, like new can or just to visit a purveyor or speak with somebody, I mean, as a very big cannabis consumer and someone who loves smoking, loves edibles, like I love all of it. I'm pretty much like shopping for product and price point. You know, I'm going to go yeah. find my rosin. I'm going to go find my low THC terp heavy flower and whoever's got those options for a decent price is really going to get, get my money. If there's a service starting, that comes along. Yeah. You're starting with the product itself. Like the win for you is low THC terp heavy flower, right? You're starting there. You're not mm -hmm. starting at, I need flour for $4 a gram. Now, if you are doing that, that's cool. And there are going to be businesses that are the Walmarts of weed, right? Mm -hmm. Like that are going to be able to hook you up. But that can't be everybody, everybody's business model. And then it ends up hurting you, the person who has specific things they like, and now they can't even find it. So where do they end up going? Back to the legacy market. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's crazy how it all kind of funnels into each other, but uh so I know, I know we're like wrapping up and we both got uh, places to go, but like still on that same subject, um, what do you really think that we need to start differentiating? Like, is it more from a legislative standpoint, like less restrictions would make it easier for us as dispensary owners, cultivation facilities and processing facilities? Do you think that is what we need to put more, you know, differentiation culture just like vibes and you know i mean man um i you know someone told me the other day having faith is saying that you basically don't know and i i have no faith in the government at all none yeah the government is uh they are the biggest gangsters they get to hold their guns outside and wave them in your face i have mm -hmm. no faith in them and none of them know anything about cannabis none not one not at the level that we need to, to actually effectively make like good change. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I don't have faith in that. And we almost have to just think like, you're never going to get any help. They're only going to make things harder because that's what they've done so far. That's a track record, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think for the cannabis industry, the only thing that will save it is, uh, you know, true personalization and individualization, right? And again, whether it's happy cabbage analytics or something else, you need tools that are going to tell you about the people that you service, and then you need to optimize around them because now you become an irreplaceable commodity when you have something, you know what I'm saying? When, when, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when I have the low THC, high terpene flower that Patrick and the other 50 Patricks in my area really love, they're always going to come to me mm -hmm, mm -hmm. no matter what. Yep. And after a while, that breeds loyalty and respect, right? We're endeared to each other. That is the only way. I mean, you almost have to 
skip ahead, you know, I know like Jimmy Carter uh, did the the microbrew uh, legislation where all of a sudden we go from only having Bud Bud heavy and and Heineken and right and now you can have a bunch of microbrew. I think these dispensaries need to be like the like microbrew uh, purveyors. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like for your community, know what they like and make sure you have that and search through the ends of the earth and make sure you can continue to provide that. Use tools that'll teach you, you know, if 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 Paul likes this thing based on what other people who shop just like Paul like, there's a chance that he might like this other thing too. Like at the end of the day with the taxes, with everything that's levied against these these cannabis retailers, the beauty of like the, the free market is there's technology that is here to help you um, do major effort with little time and, 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 and little work. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like for Happy Cabbage Analytics to really be able to do what our tool does, you need 10 analysts and you need to be paying them $150,000 a year and they need to be working 24 seven. You know what I mean? Like, so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as a cannabis retailer, you need to figure out how to be an individual. If you go into a different store and they look the same as you and they have the same as you, you fucked up. Excuse my French. No, you're fine. By something, me. something is off, right? Because now the only way you can differentiate yourself is price and no one cares how nice you are no one cares mm -hmm. how sweet you are because lord knows i've bought bud from people who weren't nice and not sweet but they had exactly what i wanted mm -hmm. you know what i mean so that's I really, really like, what i think <laughs> i really i really like the way that you described that at the end it, it hits home for me that makes a lot of sense to my brain i've been in that situation a bunch yeah um Finish it up. I got like five minutes left. I always like leaving time for our guests to kind of like shout out whoever they want or speak on whatever they'd like in those last few minutes. So I don't know if you oh, sure. talked a lot about Happy Cabbage. So I don't know if you want to keep continue to shout out the team or if you got something else you're working on. Well, um, I mean, this is this is a couple of things I'll say. One thing is uh, cannabis is so interesting. Um, there's a lot of folklore around cannabis because we haven't, as a greater public, been able to really like research and mm -hmm. really do some testing to see like what the real effects are. Um, and like going to some of these conferences and you find that, you know, less than 5% of cannabis is used in a medicinal capacity. You know, um, I, I think something that's important to continue to say is like, really check in with yourself and ask why you like using certain products, why you have the habits that you do, because since it was pushed in the corners and the shadows of society for so long, you know, I, I think a lot of what we might call normal, um, like whether it's the frequency by which you smoke or the potency or all these things, um, we haven't really like checked ourselves on that. You know, um, it's not all medicinal, you know, 90% more. It, it's it's more in a recreational sort of way. Uh, it's a, for some people, it's a vice, just like maybe drinking too much water could be a vice or, or smoking mm -hmm. cigarettes or drinking alcohol. So I think it's really important just to check in with yourself. And I don't hear enough of that message going around because everyone's like, Cheech and Chong, spirituality, you know, Snoop Dogg, which is all those things exist too. Mm -hmm. But I think it's smart for us to just like look in the mirror and say, well, why, why am I doing this? Um, and that's something I had to do 
And I've, I've, for me personally, I made some personal decisions on how I like to consume and when I like to consume and it's helped my life out. But I think I wasn't able to do that until I worked in an industry where it's okay to even talk about cannabis. I don't feel any shame around it because most mm-hmm. of society, you know, gives you an opportunity to feel pretty shameful. So that's one thing I want to make sure I say. Um, and then, yes, I know I, I have been talking about uh, happy cabbage analytics, but whether it's happy cabbage analytics um, whether it's certain aspects of, of BDSA or headset, you know, I don't really know of any other tools that actually help you make decisions on like person, uh, you know, personalizing your business for your specific community, but it's the only thing I believe that's going to help these businesses survive, especially on the mom and pop level. We've seen the playbook from the MSOs, from these giant companies, they are here to lose money until you can't. You cannot go get $100 million from from a Russian oligarch, right? A lot of people that look like me don't have $250,000 for a license, an opportunity, right? So when you get the chance, figure out who your customers are, serve them and ignore the white noise. I don't care what tools you use, but figure something out because if you're not gonna get tax breaks, if 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 they're going to be just more harsher penalties for you to even participate, you know, um, you've got to get creative. And that and and I'd like to see the people, the community win, you know. Um, and shout out to the people in the legacy market that realize that there's no hope in the regulated market, right? Uh, and they're doing their thing. I got a lot of respect for those people. Um, but for those of you who are in the regulated market, do the right thing, focus on your people, get the best products you can for your people, right? Don't cut corners because any sort of mistakes, it gets propagated out by society as, oh, look, it's another bad cannabis, this, and it just sets everybody back. You know what I mean? So that's how I feel about it, brother. I really appreciate the opportunity to just talk to you and get this message out, man. Crushing at the end. I mean, I really appreciated that whole conversation, but that that ending message is uh, really dope. And I really appreciate you sharing that with uh, me and the people who listen to this podcast, because definitely all of those things need to be heard and they need to be uh, shouted from the rooftops more often. Um, Please share those books with me when we are finished up. I'll send them over LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to share my uh, guy, Broderick, with you. He would, uh, you guys would really appreciate one another. So we'll get you guys connected on LinkedIn. And hopefully we talk again soon, Paul. I really appreciate your time. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Congrats with your family, man. That makes me very happy to hear too, brother. Thank you. I appreciate you so much, Paul. I'm, I'm really happy to have some of your time. Talk soon. Talk to you soon, bro. Peace. Bye.